Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 18 and we pray our way through four different subjects, worship, Psalm number 15, a personal prayer, and a prayer for our culture. So let's start with an opening prayer and worshiping God for His graciousness. That's what we're focusing on today, His graciousness. And we are in Acts 20, 24 today. It says this, But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Let's pray. Father, I can pray that prayer in that verse in Acts 20, 24. I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose here on earth is to finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus and to testify to the gospel of God's grace. The gospel is of God's grace. You are fundamentally a gracious God, full of grace, never-ending grace. And you have given that to us in the gospel, in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Thank you so much for that gift. I honor you today for that being part of your nature. It's amazing that we serve a God who's fundamentally gracious. As we proceed through this prayer time, I pray that you would give me words, Spirit, that you would guide this time, that you would uh, not allow anything to be said that wasn't of you, that wasn't honoring to you. My goal is that we would testify to the gospel of your grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are reading Psalm 15 today. In the opening of this one, this is a Psalm of David. In the opening, David asks a question, and he answers it in the next several verses. So you'll hear a couple questions and then some answers. And then he concludes with a statement based on his answer. And we can see that statement as a promise. It's really hard to categorize this psalm. Some people say it's a wisdom psalm, which would not be a wrong answer. And some people think it's a liturgy that was a question and answer that a congregation would use. It's named or titled, A Description of the Godly, A Psalm of David. I'm going to read it through in its entirety, and then I'm going to pray it because I'm going to pray this one almost word for word, and that'll give you a shot to hear what it actually sounds like and then how I'm going to pray it. It says, Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly, practices righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor but who despises the one rejected by the Lord, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his word whatever the cost, who does not lend his silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. The one who does these things will never be shaken. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be of those people who are dwelling in your tent, who live on your holy mountain, who have a close personal relationship with you. Who are those people? You say that they are the ones who live blamelessly, who practice righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in our heart. And let that be true of us. Let me live blamelessly, practice righteousness, and acknowledge truth in my heart. Let me not slander with my tongue, keep my tongue from harming others, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor. Lord, there are so many ways that we can harm friends and discredit our neighbors, but keep us from doing that. Who despise the one rejected by the Lord, but honor those who fear the Lord. Lord, teach me to hate what you hate and love what you love and honor those who you honor. Who keeps his word whatever the cost and does not lend silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. Lord, keeping our word can be hard sometimes. Help us be more interested in our character than in our comfort 
or our convenience, that we would keep our word because it honors you and it help us to keep our money and be generous with our money in lending or help us live in integrity in our finances, not taking bribes. The one who does these things will never be shaken. Lord, make that true of us, that we would do these things and our relationship with you will never be shaken. In Jesus' name, amen. In our prayer time for ourselves, we are praying against pride. And we are going to be in Jeremiah 49, 16 and Daniel 4, 37 today. I will, let's do the Jeremiah verse, and then I'm going to say a few words about the Daniel verse before we get started. Jeremiah verse 49, 16 says this, For behold, I will make you small among the nations, despised among mankind. The horror you inspire has deceived you, and the pride of your heart, you who live in the clefts of the rock, who hold the height of the hill, though you make your nest as high as the eagles, I will bring you down from there, declares the Lord. So we're talking about pride. And God is saying that he will bring the prideful people down. So let's pray that. Lord, when we build ourselves up, when we set ourselves on a pedestal, you have the power to bring us down. You say you will make, um, this isn't necessarily us, but we can put ourselves in this place when we're prideful. We'll make you small among the nations, despised among mankind. The horror you inspire has deceived you and the pride of your heart you who live on the clefts of the rock, who hold the height of the hill. We might make our nest as high as the eagles, but you can bring us down from there. The pride of our heart destroys us. Lord, keep us from that place. When we step towards it, we start building that hill, or we start climbing that mountain, or we feel like we are standing on top of it. Lord, turn our hearts back to you. Let us live in humility and not in an arrogant pride. Amen. The verse from Daniel 4, 37 is about King Nebuchadnezzar. And if you don't know this story, it's all of chapter four. This is the very last verse of chapter four. Nebuchadnezzar is king, a mighty king. Daniel is serving him in exile. And he has this dream. Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And it's about this huge tree, this very strong tree that's really tall. And it gets cut down. And the, the stump and the root are left. And Daniel interprets this dream and says that you are a great king, you are mighty, your kingdom is mighty, but it's going to be taken away from you. And you're going to run with the animals, live in the fields until you honor God for being the one who sets kingdoms and takes them down, who sets people on a throne and can remove them. And so that's what happened. 12 months later, Nebuchadnezzar is walking on the roof of his palace and he looks over and he's like, I have built this amazing kingdom. Isn't this great? And before the words have left his mouth, God pronounces judgment and he is pushed out into the fields with the animals. He lives wild for a period of time. I can't remember if it's seven years, but I know it's seven times. I'm not sure if it was seven years or seven months. I think it was years. But anyway, at that time, he looks up to heaven and it says his sanity returned. His sanity returned and he declared God as the one who was able to humble kings. And that is what is in this verse. If you want to read that, it's in Daniel 4. All right. So the verse says... Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Let's pray. Lord, if Nebuchadnezzar could say this after seven years of living wild, certainly our hearts can say this as well. All your works are right. All your ways are just. And those who walk in pride you are able to humble. Lord, look at our hearts. Help us search our hearts and recognize those places where we find pride. 
and take them away. I don't want to get to the point, like Nebuchadnezzar, where you have to humble me in that way. Lord, I want to learn the easy way, right? I want to learn the responsible way without having to have the two by four up against my head. Teach me to walk in your ways. Take the pride from my heart whenever you see it starting to form. Amen. As we respond to our culture today, we've been praying for wisdom in the arena of race this week. We have Proverbs 3, 7, and it says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So let's pray that one. Lord, this kind of goes along with, with, with pride as we were just praying about pride, that let us not be wise in our own eyes. Help us to fear you. That is the beginning of wisdom. And as we fear you, as we seek you out, cry out for wisdom, as we humble ourselves before you and go deeper and deeper in relationship with you, we will have a fear of the Lord that brings the knowledge of God. And it will help us to turn away from evil and being wise in godly wisdom. This verse sets up this thing, be not wise in your own eyes, but how do you avoid that? Fear the Lord and turn from evil. Lord, we don't want to be wise in our own eyes, although it's easy to slide into that place, but help us be wise with godly wisdom. And let that be true across this land, turning this into a prayer for ourselves, but we were supposed to be praying for the nation here. We have an intensely prideful culture, and I pray that it would not take a Nebuchadnezzar kind of thing to bring us to a humility before you, but if that's what it takes— the bigger prize, it's more important to have a godly humility than have wisdom in our own eyes. So bring us to a place where we are looking for your wisdom. Bring us a place as a culture that we are looking for that wisdom in all of the areas that we are talking about online, that we are coping with in our culture, whether that is disease or politics or policy or friendships even, or how we are responding online. Let us be in a place where we are seeking your wisdom in all of those places in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, y'all, so much for joining with me in prayer today. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. But my heart as we do this is that we would all grow in our prayer lives and that God would use this time to answer prayers in a mighty way but also that he would speak to you in your own circumstances, just as he speaks to me in my circumstances. But most of all, I pray that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words that we're praying.